Hello, and welcome to Positive Vibes from the Valley. I'm your host, Ryan, and I work for the Northwestern Prevention Collaborative as Community Liaison and Training Coordinator. This podcast focuses on SAMHSA's eight dimensions of wellness. Today, we're going to be talking about occupational wellness, and we brought Ms. Susan Betcher with us today. Susan, hello. How are you doing this morning? Very well. Hi, Ryan. Well, hey, it's great to have you here. It's It's been a while. Um, actually, I remember you coming into my high school, so um, it's it's definitely been a little while. Um, and, and speaking of which, Susan, so I know you've done local work uh, with, with the high schools. Um, I know you've done some work with the community colleges, but why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, maybe some accomplishments and some notable experiences about yourself? Sure. I'm uh, 61 years old. I'm a mom with two kids. And once they graduated, it was like, you know what? I want to stay with the youth. The youth keep me young. So I'm at two high schools and I'm a career coach part time. And I talk kids into taking some dual enrollment classes while they're still in high school. But then I take the seniors aside and I say, "Okay, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I mean, that's a question you start asking children as early as kindergarten. What do you want to do? And so the best thing that you can do is expose them to everything. So I, that's what I try to do with my own kids. Um, I have a son who's in the military and he's special ops. And my daughter is on the AT trail right now doing 2,190 miles from Georgia to Maine. So on, a, on the side note, she's taken a whole season off. She's a hotshot. A hotshot is a wildland firefighter. And she took the year off to find herself. Because that's basically what people do when they take the journey on the AT trail. So to me, she's taking a break from her occupation and finding out if this is her true calling or not. Well, and I think you just hit on something really important, Susan, when we're asking that big question, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And it can be uh, kind of a scary question. And I think it can also lead to those moments where you have to stop and ask yourself, hey, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? And that really ties in exactly into this dimension of wellness. Um, and so, Susan, I'm going to give you the textbook definition. Uh, and I have a feeling you'll be able to enlighten us a little bit more. But the textbook definition from occupational wellness is this involves participating in activities that provide meaning and purpose and reflect personal values, interests, and beliefs, including employment. That's a mouthful. Uh, and I guess my first question for you would, how would you personally define occupational wellness? When you're talking to your seniors or even your kiddos, how do you approach that topic? How I do it is I do a visual. Pretend your head is a big ball. And in between your two ears is the word wellness. How do you get to be well? Okay. And so what we're going to do is going to use the word wellness in the middle. And then we're going to have eight circles around our head to make the circle. And what it is, is you've got the emotional, you got spiritual, you got intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. So now what we're going to do is take one of those because it's too many to divulge into and do the occupational. And you have to think the career that you're looking into, is it something that you can do for a long period of time or is it a short period of time? Give you an example. Young people, some that 
want to work on a in a factory they don't realize the body has a lot of um, parts that can go wrong like you've got um, carpal tunnel if you're doing the repetitive thing every day with your hands and is that a good thing to do no but your body can do it for so long and then you've got the aches and pains of standing in line and repetitive um, hazards then you also have a computer skill where are you going to want to sit at a computer and look at a screen all day long where your eyes are just like going crazy and your body isn't moving. You don't have any exercise, physical exercise. And then you have an occupation where you're not challenged. And so that's when people start having mental health issues. And that's why this Northwestern Prevention Cooperative is real important because we've got to have full body. You know, you can't just have um, bits and pieces. It's all got to be combined. And that's why it's like a circle of wellness. It's funny that you, you use that description because on, on this show a lot, we talk about that that balance and the balance between the eight dimensions of wellness uh, in addition to the balance within those specific dimensions themselves. And we were just really delving into this. Why do you think specifically occupational wellness is is so important and more specifically and I, and I know you were talking about you know thinking towards the future but why should youth in particular care about occupational wellness because we've seen it's uh the future can seem far off and, and far away so why do you think specifically the youth should be more concerned about keeping occupational wellness uh balanced okay because we only have one body and this body can wear out. And with the occupational um, hazards, if, like I said, mentally, physically, if you're not challenged in those, you can lead to things that you might want to um, do as a sideline and to have things that go on to make what you're doing um, livable. It's a, it's a chance to... Um, Find out what you really are made out of, okay? Like, what are you really made out of? You know, when kids start kindergarten, they're in a setting where um, they have reading time and nap time. Even as an adult, you still have to think about those reading times and nap times, okay? You just don't want to go to work and just be a robot, okay? And I don't care what the job is, but it even starts in kindergarten. They, they, if you're not even taking a nap, you take a rest, and it can even be as an adult, just sitting down and reading because everybody needs to find outlets, okay? And I want to have healthy outlets because there's a lot of non-healthy outlets out there, okay? And this whole meaning of the um, portrayal here, it's been around a long time, but it's only been about the last 10 years where it's becoming really big, like the meditation part and the yoga and the, the self-awareness. So it's kind of a new concept, but it's been around in different forms. Well, I think you're hitting on a, on a lot of great things here, especially talking about self-care with regards to our mental health and also really talking about finding your, your purpose and and creating that balance, making sure you you are challenged, that you can reach goals, have some notable accomplishments. 
One uh, term that we hear tossed around all of the time is, is passion, right? We, you want to find what, what we're passionate about, what you're passionate about. How do we even go about finding our passion? I mean, is it something that you're, you're walking through the woods one day and you just happen upon it laying there like, hey, here's my passion. Great. How do we, how do we even go about finding that? To me, a passion is when you're talking to somebody and you get really like, wow, that's me. You put yourself into a situation that I love talking about um, the whole body, okay, from head to toe. That's the whole wellness body part. And when I talk about what you do for exercise, to me, exercise is really important, okay? Like my outlet is to take a hike. It could be as simple as even uh, swimming, exercise, exercising. Let's just say in general, exercising. If you can't exercise, your body's not going to last as long and you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. So I get passionate about hearing about what people do besides um, besides just going to their eight-hour day job. There's got to be something else you do in between. To me, it's passion of of finding who you are. And I, and I think that's a great point too, about finding who, who we are. And the, the sheer fact is that we do, we do spend eight hours a day working and we spend a majority of our adult lives working. And I guess another question I have for you, um, you know, with regards to finding that passion and like you spoke on exercise or hiking, how would you recommend to people that they they find this passion and then they they do turn it into a career? Because so many times, if we're satisfied in our work, if we are passionate about the work we're doing, it shines through. It shines through in our work ethic and uh, our purpose and, and in our coping mechanisms. So how do you think people are able to and how would you recommend that people approach turning their passion into a career? Well, first of all, it's kind of nice to get around people that have likewise thoughts, okay? Don't stay with negative Nancys. Sorry, Nancy, but don't <laughs> get around negative Nancys. I mean, negativity draws negativity, okay? So go if, go be around positive people and you'll get something out of it, no matter what it is. You'll just like, wow, that was really intriguing. That And then with the intriguingness, that's when you go and investigate what you liked about that intriguingness and hang out with different groups of people. Don't just stagnate yourself. And how would you recommend, I, I guess my, my question is, so when we're, we're talking about getting around and I love that rule, the sum of five, right? Where we're the sum of the five people that we surround ourselves with. And if they have like goals and they're like-minded, you know, and, and focused on, on success, chances are we will be too. I mean, you really are what, what you feed your soul. Uh, and I think a lot of people feel, you know, especially like thinking about what you were talking about with, with regards to exercise or, or hiking. Hey, these are hobbies. These are things I do for fun, but there's no way I could turn that into a career. And, you know, we've seen now time and time again with, startup businesses with, you know, the online personas, the influencers that these people are taking their passions and turning them into a way that they make money from that. What would you recommend to young people who are, who are just now discovering their, their passion? 
and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I found it, but how, how can I turn this into something that will, you know, make me money basically. Ryan, that's perfect because volunteerism is the biggest outlet for young people to decide and to investigate what they want to do volunteering. Um, example, in Luray and Page County, we have two community gardens. And I'm going to tell you something. People that are doing community gardens are passionate about people. So let's say you might want to um, make some good connections. These people come from all walks of life. And some of them are elderly. Like when I say elderly, I mean over 60. And I'm part of that group. We have a wealth of knowledge. And just to work side by side planting, you talk about really cool things like what you like to do. And um, then you talk about the plant and you learn. You're learning and you're learning what this person might be good at and give them some suggestions. And so you need to go and volunteer. And I don't care if it's at the hospital, page one, um, uh, food pantry. It's really cool to make the contacts through volunteer work and it's rewarding. So the good news is with our school systems here in Page County, we even are making our seniors do 50, uh, actually 20 hours of community service a year. They have to do 20 hours and that's to work on their government class. You can't pass government without doing volunteer work, which I love. And then they're dropping it down to making juniors do 15 hours of community service. And now we're also doing sophomores who have to do 10 and freshmen who have to do five. So wow. we in the school system see the potential of what volunteerism can do for a young person. And it's as simple as even going out and mowing the yard for an elderly person. And then you have to spend a couple minutes with the elderly person to talk about um, what else their needs are. Find out about life in different ages and different stages, okay? We'll even use volunteerism if they want to go to the library and read a kid's book. So if you're interested in reading, go and volunteer and read to the, you know, kids that come to story time. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And I think that's really, you know, the opportunity that a lot of people are, are wanting and looking for. And like you said, being able to volunteer and get out there in the community and, and be around all sorts of different people, like you said, different ages through different stages. I like that. And, you know, really getting knowledge from those guys, seeing what, what you like and, and importantly, what you don't like. You may volunteer and say, hey, whoa, I definitely don't want to do this for the next 20, 30 years. Um, and, and that's always an interesting you know, topic when you see people who are thinking about, you know, hey, I'm only doing this for the for the short term. And as as you noted, you know, short term quickly does turn into to long term, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years. So now, Susan, I got to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, we use this analogy all the time on this show, but we think of ourselves as a cup, right? A cup of water. And for you, you know, you're you're pouring a little into your children's cup. You're pouring a little into your seniors cup and pouring a little into your uh, community college's cup. So how does Susan balance her own occupational wellness and prevent her own cup from being empty? Well, I set goals for myself. 
Okay. And my goals every day is I have to do 10,000 steps. <laughs> and to get there, it doesn't include just walking the halls in a, in a school. Okay. It means actually having to get outside and get fresh air. And that means 24 hours a day, I can get my 10,000 steps in at least. And even if it means going out when it's snowing and having the snow fall on my face. And that to me is really exciting. And when I look at a glass, I do see it half full. Okay. That's how I look at the glass half full, half empty. Mine's half full. And everybody has 24 hours in a day. Everybody. It's what you do with it is what counts. So if you say, oh, I don't have time to go out for a walk. Well, you didn't prioritize. Okay. We all have 24 hours to do what we do with it. So to me, you have to try new things to decide what you like to do. And so that's why I try to be well-rounded and preach to the kids. Try it. You might like it. If you don't, don't do it again. That's easy enough. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, how how would you recommend people and, and for yourself specifically, again, Susan, I, you know, I got to put you back on the spot. How do you find balance within your career? Because I know you said you're very passionate and, and it shines through. And with the conversation now about burnout and exhaustion and, and a lot of those things, how do how do you personally find balance in your career? And how would you recommend that other people find that balance with within their career specifically? To me, it's I've surrounded myself with some good people. All right. Um, I do my volunteerism with um, Page Alliance for Community Action, and we have a whole board, and the board is a mixture of all walks of life. We've got the former superintendent of schools. We've got the former counselor at one of the elementary schools. We've got 4-H. We've got all these organizations. We've got the hospital. We've got Ryan. We've got you on the board. Surround yourself with not just people that you've grown up with, like your peers, but all ages and all ranks. And um, I just think of myself as just being well, well-rounded with people around me. And because of it, I, I'm meeting some of the nicest people, like the, the garden itself, master gardeners. I never even knew there was such a thing as a master gardener. Oh my gosh, what people have to do to become one is a pretty big production. And they volunteer their time to help um, plant plants. And I'm learning about what it takes and how often they have to be watered and where the distance between plants, because they all grow different. Like you've got a watermelon that needs to be 18 inches from another watermelon. Who would have thought? So to me, it's like just surrounding yourself with different um, groups. Well, that's fantastic. And I think surrounding yourself with different groups, you know, finding that purpose and, and really not being afraid to take those chances and to chase those new opportunities. And, and like you said, the worst case scenario, you don't like it, right? I mean, worst case scenario, you end up walking away and saying, hey, I don't want to go in that direction, but let me branch out in these different directions. Um, so I think that's a that's a very good point. And it's interesting, too, like you said, you had never met a master gardener. And, and now, you know, it's exposed you 
to a whole new realm of things that, that maybe you never thought possible. And I think that's really exciting. So I definitely uh, want to kind of touch on that fact of how, how important it is for people to find that balance within their own lives and then within their careers by surrounding themselves with positive people, by pursuing that purpose. And again, by making sure that, you know, they're, they're being passionate and they're taking that passion and really sharing it and giving it back to others because really that that's what it's all about, right? Is, is giving back to the community and, and making a difference where we live, which, what you do so well. Well, you know the old saying, they say, it, we're all going to leave this life, okay? And it's not what materialistic that you leave behind, it's what people say about you that's going to matter. Because our materialistic things are going to be sold off at a yard sale or given away to page one or to goodwill, whatever. That stuff doesn't matter, but it's what people are going to think of you when you're gone that really yeah, I remember grandpa, he was so nice. He always did this or that, but that's a relative. If it's a non-relative, you want someone from the outside to think, yeah, I remember him. He was super cool. He did something for me. He gave me some encouragement. I remember when he said I could do this and now I'm doing it. So it's like words of encouragement, simple. That's simple stuff. Like when I go to the store now, I've been in the school system for 22 years and I'll have some of the people say, yeah, I remember you, Mrs. Betcher. You are my GED teacher. I now have a child of my own. And I remember you always said, read to them, read to my kids. And so because I'm doing that, they've taken up a skill that I didn't have. So it's not what we actually do. It's, it's how we portray it to others. So it's a lasting thing that you, Ryan, as a young person, will see really cool things happen if you stay in this field. I want you to know. People will say, I remember Ryan. Yeah, he was that really cool dude. Well, hopefully they say that. I, I guess I'll have to uh, give them $20 to keep saying nice things about me. <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> so, Susan, aside from uh, endorsing workplace naps, which I am a big fan of, uh, on a serious note, are there any last tips or, or general ideas that you would want to give our listeners right now who are maybe struggling with, with finding that balance in their occupational wellness? And maybe they're, maybe they're just getting started. Maybe like your daughter, they're trying to rediscover themselves. What's maybe a couple generalized tips and, and broad ideas you would give those folks? Well, um, just don't be afraid to step out of your box. First of all, don't be afraid. The only thing that you, you can do is fail, but it's not a failure because you tried it. To me, it's just expanding your horizons by trying something. And if you don't like it, it's not a big deal to move on with anything you do. It's kind of like riding a bike. If you fall off, you get back on and you ride away. All right. Same with trying new adventures. Yeah. Um, I don't like to camp. I don't like it. I don't like living on the ground. I don't like snakes. I don't like that kind of stuff. But I am going to do it for a couple of days with my daughter on the AT because it's been years since I've tried it. So I'm redoing it. And I'm older now. So I might really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't 
people, just because you didn't like it the first time, your body matures, your body ages, try it a second time. So I'm going to say you don't have anything to lose. It's just time that you've invested. And time we've got all 24 hours to deal with. Well, I think in society as a whole, you know, teaches us that failure is such a, a bad thing that we want to avoid. And I don't want to speak for you, Susan, but I can think that a lot of the most important lessons that I've ever learned wasn't from winning and, and easily, you know, not struggling at all. The, the best le lessons I usually learn are from when I fail or from when I think, hey, what could I have done better? So I think you're hitting on something really important there, not being afraid of failure. Uh, the the example you used of riding a bike is pretty much perfect. When you're riding a bike, you may fall down, you may even scrape up your knee, but you can always pick yourself up and get back on it and, and go a new way. So um, I think it's really important when we're thinking of occupational wellness to keep this in mind and to think about us moving forward. Because like we said, your occupation is something that you're going to spend a ton of time doing. It's going to be a major portion of your life. So if you're going to spend that much time doing something, you want to take the time beforehand to volunteer, to get out there and chase those opportunities and to not be afraid of failure. And the bottom line is um, for young people or even for middle age, you have to have a resume and on your resume, they're not just looking at what you've had for a job. They're also looking at experience. And the experience does not have to be job related where you got paid for it. Your experience can be something that you have tried and um, like volunteerism, like anything. So a resume is one piece of paper. They want it only on one page. You've got to be able to put something on there that a employer picks at it and says, wow, they've done that. They've done um, AmeriCorps. And if you don't know what AmeriCorps is, it's volunteering for six months and actually going to an underprivileged area and working with the underprivileged. So it's not just work. It's also volunteering that looks good on a resume. Absolutely. Well, any experience to a degree is, is good experience. It's valuable experience, I should say. And, and like you said, on a resume or as you move forward, employers will look and, and look at the experiences that you've had. Um, well, Susan, thank you so much for sharing all of your insight. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing a little bit more with us about occupational wellness. You know, it's something we talk about so much now and you hear so much about it. It's really nice to be able to kind of delve into it in a, in a realistic way and talking to, um, a career counselor, it's great to know that, you know, the options are out there and especially for our youth who are just again, getting started and it can feel very overwhelming. So having that talk and that heart to heart with a, with a real life person to say, Hey, it, it's okay to fail. It's okay to take chances and they may not work out or they may work out in ways that you never would have thought possible. So thank you again for, for coming onto the show and sharing that wisdom and insight with us. Anytime. Thank you, Ryan. Well, I do want to give a little bit, and Susan, you did a great job listing our dimensions of wellness. And next week, we're actually going to be looking at social wellness. Um, and I would encourage everyone to check out our YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff. Um, if you like what you hear, definitely make sure you tune in. And thanks again, Susan, for being on the show. 
and make sure you guys tune in next time. Thanks.